Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. You made it. It's Florida week. We've been waiting for this for a long, long time. Exercise some demons. Celebrate. Ah, be careful this weekend. Go a taxi. Take an Uber. Walk. Stay out of trouble. But if you do find yourself needing legal representation, or if you know a loved one who needs legal representation, or one of your friends, give them the best advice possible that you can give them. And that's to trust Marcos Garza and his team to get them their best result possible. Garzalaw.com. 865-540-8300. You can get in touch with someone 24-7, 365, either on the phone or online through their chat. Marcos and his team have been holding us down for a long time. They will do the same for you. Before you say guilty, say Garza. It's Florida week. You know what this episode's pod, this episode's pod, this podcast episode is about. Let's waste no more time. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, the biggest edition of Reed's Ranch. September 20th, it's Tuesday. We're four days away from battle. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing well. I am ready to go. Ready and raring. Good. Me too. I'm pumped. This is a unique situation. This is a unique opportunity for Tennessee. Mm Mm-hmm. We've never been double-digit favorites against Florida. Who would have thought that we'd be here after, you know, the last couple years? And the best part about it is it's not even a down Florida. It is a Florida that is still seen as respectable. They are top 20 in the country. People think they have a first-round quarterback. I don't see that, obviously, but people are still giving him credit for that. And we have a chance in front of the entire country to take out 25 years of frustration. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it is quite the uh gosh, just, I mean it's so crazy to me when I look at this line and I see double digits. The Tennessee's favored by double digits. It's insane after all these years. It's crazy to see that like we are favored by double digits over them. It's wild. Who would have thought? Yeah, it, it's been a crazy turnaround for Tennessee football. And I saw a tweet the other night talking about like where Hypo has the team now compared to where he had in. We had like some long snapper taking taking snaps at linebacker in his first spring or whatever. 
Um, it is pretty remarkable, extremely remarkable how far we've come. I mean, I just, I remember clearly how unexcited I was for football season last year. Um, and that changed pretty quickly. And here we are, um, 10 and a half, 11 point favorites over Florida. At home, national broadcast, got game day, have a monster recruiting visit lined up. You just need to win, man. Was that some hesitation in your voice I heard? No, no, I, I'm just, no, I mean, it's just, I was thinking about how much Hypo has accomplished and like how much it won't matter if he doesn't win this game. I, I watched a lot of the Florida USF game, um, and I did not watch the Kentucky Florida game. Obviously I was in Pittsburgh, but I watched a lot of that Florida USF game and I was, I was pretty shocked by just how bad Florida was. And so, no, there's not really hesitation. I mean, Tennessee should wipe the floor with them. They should. I think Tennessee's a lot better than Florida. I was I was pretty blown away by how bad Florida was last weekend. Um, that interception that Anthony Richardson threw in the end zone was was atrocious. Um, he audibled out of the running play to throw that pass, and it went right to the defensive back. And really, who knows what happens if the defensive back does not step out of bounds in the end zone when he picks that off. He took it back to at least the 50. That's a lot different than taking it to the 25. South Florida calls plays differently at that point, you know. The 20. Yeah, 20. Who even knows if uh, what happens at that point? Like, Florida got pretty lucky that that dude stepped out of bounds. I'm happy. I'm happy Florida won that game, though. Because like I said, I want this to be the epicenter of college football uh it was funny watching them struggle with South Florida would I have enjoyed it that night celebrating their demise would this have felt even more like an annihilation coming up sure but again I appreciate that Florida still ranked in the top 20 we can put another notch on our belt of beating another ranked team you can get game day here you can get the entire country paying attention if a one and two Florida team is limping in here you don't get that same satisfaction I know that we would still enjoy beating the hell out of Florida. I know that we would still be moving probably into the top 10 after doing that, but it just matters so much more that they were able to squeak out, eke out that game against the Tampa Bulls. Yeah, I I was surprised that they stayed ranked in the top 20. Like, I I was, I don't know why they're still ranked 20th. But, you know, they are, and it will look good. They're getting a lot of love out of, Barely beating that Utah team. Yep. Yep, they are. They, they are getting their mileage out of that. I, I just... It just seemed like a game where they should have fallen out of the top 25. But, I mean, rankings are weird. They don't really matter at all. They're kind of dumb, especially, you know, early in the season. I mean, like, Arkansas didn't drop at all in the AP, which is stupid. But it doesn't really matter. Well, I maintain, I say it all the time, that it, it who you play the next week matters. Yep. If you can promote a top 20 matchup, that matters. 
Yes. They can say it doesn't, but it definitely does. Like, yes, for sure. The only time I don't count it is when, like, Pruitt beat, like, 11th-ranked rank, 11th ranked Kentucky at home. Like, I'm sorry. That uh, just doesn't cut it, beating. Oh, no, I, I just meant I just meant them keeping Florida ranked because they're playing Tennessee this week. That's going to be on national TV. I, I just mean, from a marketing standpoint, selling a top 25 matchup always matters. That's why I think Florida yeah. didn't uh, fall out, and that's why I was so confident we were going to move into the top 25 before we played Pittsburgh. Yeah. But here we are with a chance to really just, I don't know how to put it, make a statement seems not strong enough. But when you think about a first-year head coach starting his tenure out with an ass-beating that's coming at the hand of, you know, I don't want to say that we're their biggest rival, but they care. They care about owning us. They care that we, they, we, you know, they, they can roll in here and beat us no matter what, or at least that's what they felt for the last twenty years. Yeah. But to go ahead and get one on the board, and to start Billy Napier out zero and one, to me that matters so much in this rivalry as we try to, you know, shift it back to where we can get, you know, at least even. Agreed. Agreed. We never got that satisfaction with Will Muschamp, and it drove me crazy because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, those teams weren't very good. No, they weren't. And he was just so annoying himself. But we could take Sunbelt Billy and just kind of get him and stuff him in the locker from the get-go. Imagine if he loses to Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, basically back-to-back in SEC games. That's that's tough to crawl out of whenever, you know, they're not exactly thrilled with him anyways. The Utah loss, or the Utah win, excuse me, isn't going to carry that much weight when you start getting into conference schedule. Yeah, the, the shine of the Utah win doesn't matter when you're losing to Tennessee and Kentucky. You know, I mean, like, conference just matters more. Yeah. Especially in both of those series, right? Where, you know, Florida has owned Kentucky. And, of course, we know what they've done to us over the last 20 years. Yes. To be 0-2, that'd be tough. Cedric Tillman, uh, you know, we were told probably not going to be able to give it a go. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a decoy. And at least have him, in the, have him in the jersey in case he, you know, the adrenaline gets going. I don't know if he would take a shot or whatever for pain. I, I don't know how badly he wants to be out there, if they'd be willing to risk his long-term situation, especially now that he's an NFL receiver. To me, I wouldn't want him to do that and, you know, risk his future. But it wouldn't hurt having him out there even at 70% for goal line situations where we could throw a couple jump balls to him. Yeah. And I want it for him to be out there and be able to be there in the stadium, suited up whenever we get this celebration going. Yeah. It just really, really sucks, man. You knew it was coming, too. You knew it was coming. Like, the weirdest thing is that it's not his knee. Like, his knee is fine. It's his ankle. Like, his ankle is the issue after that hit. Like, he got rolled up, and his issue is the ankle. When everyone was worried about the knee. I mean, it just sucks. Some of those hits Akron was doing were were pretty messed up. The one that sticks out the most is the hit on Hendon on the option play. Uh, that was pitiful. I don't understand why that's not a penalty. You're diving head first at the star quarterback's knee. There's only one after he's tossed the ball. There's only one reason to do that. Akron was chippy the entire night long. Their quarterback tried to fight our team after the game. It's just really, it just really, really sucks. And it's not even about, like, I said this the other night, 
on the Twitter space. It's like, without Tillman, Tennessee should still win. Like, Tennessee should beat Florida without Tillman. That's not even what, like, I just wanted Tillman to be a part of it. He's been such a massive part of the last year. He's the best wide receiver in the SEC. He deserves to get to go out there on, on national TV And, and, and continue and, his assaults against yeah, ranked teams, and enforce his will upon a on a on a on a rival. You know, it just really sucks. He is such a joy to watch. It's so much fun to watch him play football. He just deserves it, and that makes me sad. Like, it's yeah, it sucks not to have Cedric Tillman up for obvious reasons. He's really, really, really good. Tennessee should still win, but it sucks for him because. Like, he just deserves the opportunity. Well, he's also chasing things here, too. He's chasing all-time standings in wide receiver and yards and touchdowns, and he had a chance to pass both and be the top of both. He's still going to have a shot, but, like, you know, every game matters, and especially when you know what he does against ranked teams. It all just sucks, and it makes me very, very angry, and it might sound like a redneck take, but I hope that no school ever schedules Akron again to pay them. Like, you know, Akron has to have those games to stay alive. And if you're going to come out there and be dirty, you don't get to do it anymore. That's the way I feel about it. On the radio, I said, what Akron does is the equivalent of prostitution. You're supposed to come there and get fucked, essentially. You're supposed to come there and do the job. Lay down. You know what time it is. A million dollars. Whatever. You don't come out there and dive at people's knees. You're there to get your school paid for to get your program funded and to give other teams a rest day and, you know, a chance to get ready for their conference. I understand there are some exceptions with group five schools. I get that. I'm not saying every school has to do that, but you're Akron. You are literally the worst program in FBS. You're terrible. You don't come out there and try to fight and dive at people's knees, especially whenever it's obvious you're not in the game. I was so mad watching that happen. And I hope no school ever pays them again, and I hope they have to drop down a level, and I hope they have to fold their program because they can't get funded. That's what I hope. I, some of the hits were absurd. Like, some of the hits were bad. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> some of it was just plain bad luck, like Samson careening into Tillman in the end zone. Like, that's just bad luck or whatever. But, like, that option play was horrible. You cannot, there is no excuse for that play other than that it was malicious. Period. Hinton Hooker, the ball had left his hands. The guy is a, he, 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 he becomes a heat-seeking missile leading with his head toward, toward Hinton Hooker's kneecap. It was bad. I mean, it, I don't know what was up with Akron. It's very weird. The whole game was very weird. The quarterback was so bizarre. He, the way he was, his mannerisms and stuff in the second half, it was like it was a one-score game, not a million to zero. Just, it was, yeah, I mean, there's it was bizarre all the way around. Um, and it just really, really sucks. Like, it just, it just makes me sad for Cedric Tillman. As well as, obviously, it sucks not to have your best receiver, your go-to receiver, an elite guy on the outside. But Tennessee should still win. I mean, that doesn't... I mean, the line... Like, people know Cedric Tillman's not going to play. The line is still 10 and a half. 
Like, I would be blown away if Cedric Tillman actually contributed on Saturday. Well, very few players in college move the, move the line. You know, quarterbacks are pretty much going to be that. And Tennessee does have depth at wide receiver. If there is a position you could take a loss on, it's probably wide receiver. I hate, of course, that it's our best wide receiver, and we've already laid out the reasons why. It should not affect the game in terms of us winning or losing. It, it does bring down morale a little bit, and it sucks, but like you're saying, it, it shouldn't affect the game when it comes to wins and losses. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Cedric Tillman is the best wide receiver in the SEC. I'm not an expert on this, but I would be surprised if there's a better slot receiver in the SEC than Jalen Hyatt. Uh, you show me, you tell me that there's a defensive back that can catch Jalen Hyatt. I'm also not believing that. I mean, Tennessee should be fine. I just, Brew McCoy, really, really good. Jalen Hyatt, really, really good. Tennessee should be fine. What it's going to come down to is we can score a bunch of points and they can't. Yep. Simple as. And Anthony Richardson has looked like dog shit the last two weeks at home, and now he's going in front of a crowd that is going to be as loud as ever before. Not just inside Neyland Stadium, just as loud as a crowd has ever been before. Like, we are going to bring it – Everyone knows we're going to bring it. We've been waiting for an opportunity to celebrate and to bring it against Florida, you know, for six years. He is walking into a hornet's nest, and he's going to get stung. Yeah, it's going to be insane. It's really going to be absolutely insane on Saturday. Um, It has a chance to be extremely cathartic. And that's what I want. That's what I want to happen more than anything. I, I I just want this it to be one long cathartic game where Tennessee just gets to the fans as well as the players get to just kind of you know release some steam of the past two decades. It's gonna the crowd is going to be crazy. Um, that really can't be stated enough, even for someone like us who has gone to a ton of games, the crowd's gonna be as good as it's ever been before. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I can't wait. Usually when you're in these situations you talk about the cliches about fat you know, starting fast and keeping the crowd in it and overwhelming teams and not getting off to a bad start. But like that's what Tennessee has done. Their entire time under Josh Heupel. Like, we should have confidence that we are going to get off to a good first quarter start. Yeah, I would like to see Hendon, like, fix it up on the first two drives a little bit. Yeah, it's been a little disheartening. Hendon's been a little sloppy at times. It's weird because this has happened, like, every single game this year. Is that he starts off a little slow, and then I look at the box score after the game, and I'm just like, huh, all right, he was actually good. Like, uh, Saturday, he was 14 of 18. He just misses some throws at the beginning. I thought against Pittsburgh, they got him back in his rhythm by running him. It felt like on that third drive against Pitt, I think it was the third drive, when we started running him, we did a quarterback draw, he got some yards on the ground. I felt like that was when he settled in. And then, like, it's like all, all three games, once he settled in, we've been good to go. Well, to me, it's not even about, I mean, you, you could say settle in, but to me, it's the... It's what we've talked about for a year. Like, this offense has to get a positive play on first down. Like, it has to pick up a first down. It has to get eight yards on first and ten. 
And then you get to a line and you're able to really get going. And, yeah. you know, Hooker, the first, you know, when you're talking about him struggling, we've gone three and outs on those. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't gotten a chance to reset the chains and get up and go in rhythm. Now, like, go ahead and get ready, crowd. And I'm sure everyone is. Like, Florida is 100% going to try to slow us down by laying down and faking injuries. That's going to happen. So, hopefully, Tennessee can make that not matter in the fourth quarter like it did against Ole Miss. Right? Like, hopefully, you're not having to rely on tempo and rhythm in the fourth quarter to, to score a go-ahead touchdown because Florida is going to take you out. Hopefully, you're able just to kind of get a couple scores up and it doesn't matter. But, you know, that's going to be a, a talking point, of course, whenever Tennessee's playing a high-profile game. Go ahead and get ready for it. Yeah, they're going to do it. They have to. I mean, they don't have a choice. They have to. They have to fake the injuries. You know, I mean, you, you have to do it. Um and it's going to be excruciatingly annoying, I'm sure. Just like you said at that point, hopefully it, it doesn't matter. That's the key. Just make it to where it doesn't matter. Uh, what's your level of confidence? I actually, like, I feel really good about the game. Okay. Love to see it. You were acting like a little bitch about two months ago. I I, I really was... I was blown away by how Florida looked Saturday night. Like, I just, you have, you have to, if they can make him throw the ball, then Tennessee will win. Period. Like, Tennessee will win. And, and the other thing is that Tennessee's linebacker play this year is so much better than last year. You, when we had these quarterbacks that ran all over, it's like Emory Jones ran all over. So, like, last year we had, like, Two dudes who had never played. Aaron Beasley wasn't very good, and Banks was like, he was still learning. And, you know, like, this year, they're totally different players. But Aaron Beasley is good now. And then you have Jawan Mitchell as well, actually playing. So, like, Anthony Richards is a different beast running than Emory Jones, but our defense is a lot better than last year. It is. And also, like, I'll just say that... Even if Anthony Richardson runs, he's going to have to do it for four quarters. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he's going to have to put up 400 total yards to have a chance in this game. That's how I feel about it right now. It's not one of those games where you have, like, you know, Emory Jones last year, or even going back to Treon Harris, right, where he steals a, a 9 nothing lead. We're going to score more than 10. You know, we're going to score more than 10 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is going to have to put up 35 points doing everything. And I just don't think he's got that in him. It took everything he had to, be, you know, barely escape Utah. And that score is what, 26-23 or something like that? that? Sounds right. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to try to pound the ball, obviously. They do have some pretty good running backs, I think. You just, you have to make him throw the football because he, he has yet to prove that he can do it. Um. So, yeah, I, I just, they looked so bad, man. This is what we asked for. We're going to get it. This week has been fun. This weekend is going to be awesome. I'm excited to see all the patrons at Gatorgate. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. And then we're going to welcome Florida into the gates of hell. The Gramco is a presenting sponsor of Reed's Ranch. What is the Gramco? Well, it is your go-to destination for all your Delta 8 needs. Gramco. 
currently offers numerous Delta 8 products and merchandise, including Wake and Bake Delta 8 Coffee, Delta 8 Disposable Vapes, Delta 8 Gummies, the Fruit Punch is my favorite, and Delta 8 Quick Mix, Pre-Rolls, and my favorite, Hard Candies, some big orange hard candies. Go to thegramco.com, browser selection, Use the promo code BALLS25 for 25% off your order, and then you get free standard shipping for orders over $50, and that shipping is quick and discreet. Must be 21 or older. Gramco offers you an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. TheGramco.com. TheGramco.com. The interest rates are up and the stock market is down, but you can still buy you a new house. You can still sell your own home, and you should do so with my friend Seth Norris with The Real Estate Firm. He's on a mission to be the best slightly above average realtor in East Tennessee. And like most realtors, whether they're willing to admit it or not, he got in this business to get rich. So he spent money that was going to go to his wife's car's tires to get on this podcast, to advertise with us, because I told him, hey, you want to get in with the Ranch Gang. That's what you want to do. You can give him a call at 865-719-1285. That's 865-719-1285. He will tell you the truth. He will take care of you. Because if you're a friend of mine, you're a friend of his. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. He used to help me on the radio show. Shout out to Four Quarters Radio. You might remember him. One of my, one of my interns. Again, give him a call, 865-719-1285. That's Seth Norris with the real estate firm. Let's get us some Patreon questions. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. New $5 patron, Jacob Stewart. Shout out to Brother Jacob. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Holt Richardson. Thank you, Brother Holt. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, John Simino. Shout out to Brother John. We love you and appreciate you. New $10 patron, Connor Amos. Shout out to Brother Connor. We love you and appreciate you. And Brother Troy has upped his pledge from $5 to $20 to get into VIP. Shout out to Brother Troy. We love you and we appreciate you very much. Let's hit some questions. Brother Dylan asks, for me, have you changed your tune on the game from when we last spoke after the Utah-Florida game? Yeah, immensely. I mean, uh, maybe Utah just sucks. I don't really know what happened that game, but like, yeah, it has. I mean, that... Florida's looked really bad back-to-back weekends, and like John said, now they're going to be playing in Neyland Stadium. That a Neyland Stadium that that really wants blood. I think what happened in the Utah game was just simply you had a big home field advantage, and it was the first game, and you got beat for most of it, and you found a way to pull it out. Like if you go back and look at the EPA and the plays and success rate and all that, like Utah won. 65% of that game, you know, when you just look at the snaps. And Florida found a way to win it. And you could say it was probably gassed up by its crowd and all that. But the good news is that Florida has to deal with our crowd doing that. And we're going to do it a lot better than they do. Because we care about this game much more than they cared about Billy Napier's debut against Utah. This is going to matter so much more to us. Yeah. Agree. It's going to be a madhouse, Seth. It's going to be, a, it's going to be like... 2015 Oklahoma, it's going to get there. It's going to get to that level, and it might be even better. Yeah, I think it might be better. And you're not going to have as much nervous energy as you had in 2016. I get it. 2016, the streak was 11 in a row. You thought, hey, whatever will go wrong is going to go wrong. I I get all that. But I don't have that feeling coming into this game. It's not 
Brother Kilby pointed out, it's not like a situation where you know you have a better team, but you're also dumb. Like, hey, yeah, we're better, but we're also going to let you hang around the game because we got Justin Worley running around in a read option, and we're just going to try to grind out some points. What we do is we're going to put up a bunch of points, and they're not going to be able to hang. They're not good enough to hang with us. We know what Josh Heupel does against inferior teams. He beats the hell out of them. He leaves no doubt. They cannot keep up. They are inferior to us this year, and they will not be able to keep up. Brother Slim, a.k.a. Diesel, a.k.a. What's the score? Question for John. Do you regret gassing Brother Brooks up? No, no. Brooks is good content and a good brother. No, Bro- Brooks. Brooks is a genius. People got mad at no, Brooks. No, he's not a genius. He is a dumbass, but I do love Brother Brooks. People got mad at Brooks over his Kentucky take, which was, which is so far borne out true. Absolutely. It did not. He said Kentucky was going to be favored in their first seven games. Oh, I thought he said... I- I thought he said they might start out 7-0. And they were immediately touchdown underdogs to Florida the next week. I, okay, I thought he said they might start out 7-0. We did say they had a chance to, but it went further in him saying they were going to be favored in all seven games. Okay. And they were immediately touchdown underdogs. The to people, the, the people they that did get, beat Florida, though. Yeah, they did. The people that get riled up by Brooks, they, they're soft. They're soft. I love Brooks. I do not regret it, Slim. Brooks is good content. I love Brooks. But I do want to note, he is a dumbass. I look forward to seeing Brooks this weekend. Brother AJ asks, question for both. How are y'all doing? I'm doing great, AJ. It was a long day in the field. It's been a long day in the field today. I'm a little tired. but Yeah, I'm a little gassed myself. Saturday seems a long ways away. I'm starting to get nervous about making sure I have everything set up for the tailgate. Trying to get a checklist, trying to get everything going. So I'm a little tired. You know, I ran in here right after the gym. Tried to scarf down some pizza, tried to play with my puppy for a second because he's been here all day. And then, you know, got to knock this podcast out and then shoot the shield with Gunkle and get them edited. And, you know, by then it's going to be midnight and, you know, I'll be ready to go to sleep and start the grind over tomorrow. But I'm used to it because when you are your own brand, you're on the clock 24-7. You know what I mean? So I'm always kind of tired. But hope you're well, AJ. Brother Curtis asks, what are you looking forward to most, the tailgate or the win? Uh, the win. I love my brothers, and I will have a great time at the tailgate Saturday. It'll be it'll be fantastic fellowship. It'll, it'll be a beautiful day. We'll have a beautiful time Saturday morning up until early Saturday afternoon. Um, But the win, Curtis. I'm looking forward to Gator Gates and then the post-game celebration. The game is already a foregone conclusion as far as I'm concerned. They stink. They stink. I will enjoy scoring many touchdowns on them. Me and brother Kilby will embrace as we sit next to each other in my orange Reggie White jersey that I bought for the occasion. We will be very happy during the game, but I'm looking forward to seeing all my brothers and sisters in the morning and then celebrating well into Sunday morning uh, that we have, uh, you know, that we have a top 10 team in the country and we have a legitimate chance of, of doing something special this year. But the game will be cool too. Brother, the real Bryce asks, which wide receiver steps up for brother said Tillman on Saturday? It's going to be both Brew and Hyatt. I mean, Brew is going to be that big guy that you're going to and Hyatt's just going to continue to, to catch passes and run away from people like water. He is going to flow like water. Move like water. My prediction is that Ramel Keaton has a nice game. That's my prediction. Oh, they will, okay. They will focus on McCoy and Hyatt. I don't think they can stop either. 
Um, Ramel Keaton will have a nice game. That is my prediction. Brother Jonah asks, is there a defensive back in the SEC that can catch Jalen Hyatt? No, there's not. He is so fast. Well, that's what we said all last offseason. That this office was going to unlock him and how great he was going to be. And then he came out here and shit the bed. And then, all offseason this year, they said, hey, he, he's getting it now. He's trying hard. He's locked in. He's focused. He's put on muscle. He's still fast. He's going to have a great year. And so far, he has uh, proven that correct. He's a stud. We knew he was a stud when he got here. We knew he was a stud his freshman year when he's burning Patrick Sertan. We knew he had this in him. We just had to unlock it. We've unlocked it. That 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 switch route that they run where he does the wheel route and the outside wide receiver does the little rub to free him up. I feel like that play is open every single time with Jalen Hyatt. And like obviously that's, you know, hyperbole or whatever. That play, like, I just don't know it. That's that's hard to guard. I mean that that play. I just feel like you can have your way with that play. And Hypo loves running it. He loved running it with Velas Jones. They ran it against Kentucky last year for a touchdown. Um, they love running it with Hyatt for obvious reasons. I just feel like it's like it's it's impossible to guard someone like Jalen Hyatt out of the slot. Slot receivers supposed to be quick. They're not supposed to be like super fast and straight line speed. Um. I don't want, there's another question about moving him to the outside, Garrick asked. I don't want to move Hyatt to the outside. No, no, you want him on the inside. Absolutely not. Like, by all accounts, the, the slot is more is more difficult to run than the outside wide receiver positions are um, in this offense. Like, Hyatt, I mean, I'm not going to say he's mastered it or whatever, but, like, Hyatt has a good handle on the slot game right now. He can go deep, and he can get the five to seven yard passes all day basically i want my fastest receivers in the slot i don't know how much of the game you saw on sunday between the ravens and the dolphins seth but that's what mike mcdaniel you know that's whenever they started really just busting baltimore's ass is he had tyreek and jalen waddle lined up inside and baltimore was inexplicably covering them with linebackers and those boys much like jalen hyatt are very fast and they were just running wide open down the field I want Jalen Hyatt doing the same thing, especially in this up-tempo because, you know, I'm not a football expert when it comes to this, but I imagine when you're going fast, it's harder to match up with slot guys than it is just saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay the furthest outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, I'm just going to stay outside against their best receiver or whatever. But you put somebody in the slot, then all of a sudden you're worrying about the nickelback who's not going to be as good as the actual corner, the linebacker, whomever. I like Hyatt being there attacking people vertically from the slot. Agree. I don't want to move him at all. Absolutely not. No, keep him there. Um, he's such a weapon in slot. And he could be a weapon outside, but man, I want him in the slot, period. Brother CB, a.k.a. Colts Beat Reporter, asks, how, er how early in the game are you guys expecting to start gator chomping? First touchdown. There you go. I would not be gator chomping. Um, you got to throw in the next slash after it, though. The next slash after it? Maybe, maybe I'll just do, I, 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 I like, maybe I'm not going to go full Gator Chomp, but I'm going to do it with my hands, right? Like a, like a little sock puppet. Because they they're not big-ass alligators this year. They're little baby alligators. I'm doing it right now. It looks pretty good. I can actually see the alligator when I look. I'm just going to do it with my hands to mock them because they're little baby alligators. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. 
See, that's why I want to wear pants to the game, because I could bring my Crocs out, and that'll be good content too, but it's going to be hot. And God knows we're going to be sweating, because our chili is going to be boiling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just drinking and sweating and eating chili all day. My God. Brother OG Matt, by the way, Matt, it was good to see you in Pittsburgh. Does it bother you that Anthony Richardson got Heisman hype after three decent runs in one game, but hitting a stone for 42 touchdowns and two interceptions as a starter and doesn't get a peep? It does bother me. Not in this particular Heisman hype instance. It bothers me that we never hear about Hendon on the national stage. That's what annoys me, is that we hear about, like, Anthony Richardson. We heard about Anthony Richardson all offseason before he'd re- ever been the starter, we heard about Will Levis all offseason, and it's never really just jived. We heard a lot about Spencer Rattler in the offseason, which made no sense at all. And Hendon is just kind of there. Now, granted, they did put Hendon Hooker second team all SEC going into the season, which um, was a nice nod to him. But it does it does bother me. And so I want Saturday, I want him to do so well Saturday, and I want us to win because I feel like that could finally like put him on the map, people really talking about him like he deserves. Like you said, 42 touchdowns and two interceptions. That's crazy, man. That's not even, you know, that 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 that's not even counting rushing touchdowns. That's crazy. Like, knock on wood, but he never throws the ball. Like, he never like when he when his balls are incompletions, like his, he, he throws high, like he loses a little bit of accuracy, but he's not out here making terrible decisions. Like, I want Saturday for him because I love him and Hooker, and I want him to get the the recognition on the national stage that he deserves. What I will say about it, and I think you kind of got there at the end, you can't get mad that Anthony Richardson gets hyped for having a good game while beating a top-10 team. You just simply have to go out and beat games, beat win games like this, and beat teams that matter on national scales. Hinton Hooker hasn't done that yet. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh doesn't matter on a national scale. Coming close against Ole Miss doesn't matter on a national scale. Having a good first quarter against Georgia and against Alabama doesn't matter. You go out on national TV, you beat the Gators' eyes shut, and people all of a sudden start talking about Tennessee, and they'll start talking about Hinton Hooker and how damn good he is. Yeah. Agree. What bothered me, Matt, was the offseason talk. You heard a lot about quarterbacks, and none of them were Hendon Hooker, who was better than all the quarterbacks that were talked about except for Bryce Young in the SEC. Because he's better than K.J. Jefferson, too. He is the second-best quarterback in this league. Period. It's not up for debate now. It just it is what it is. Brother Parker asks, which patrons are you most excited to see on Saturday? Bob is the answer for me. Um, <laughs> it is tough to say how much of a treasure Bob is. Love Bob. Excited to give uh, Tuck a hug. I always get very excited when I see him and his big mustache. And uh, I'm always kind of blown away when I'm around Reese and how big he is. So it kind of is intimidating, but also makes me feel safe. Reese is a really big guy. He's Just, a tall dude. He's a very big boy. He's a very he's big boy. And he's got some legs on him. Yep, yep. Those are uh, the three that come to mind. Uh, in no order? Yeah, in no Z- order. In no order. Z- Zachary? I've been playing a lot of pickleball with Zach. I've been getting my fair share of Zach. Wadley? Okay. Brooks? 
and Bob. I got bad news. I don't think Brooks is coming to the Bro- Brooks didn't come. I thought he told me he was coming. He told us he wasn't coming. Okay. I thought he was coming. I thought it's he told sh- me. I thought he told shame, me at the game that he was. Coming. It's a shame, but he's not coming. I thought he told me at the, at the Pirates game that he was coming. Apologies to Brother Brooks. Um, so, yeah, my top three. There you go. No disrespect to anyone who wasn't named. I'm excited to hug everybody. That's true. That's true. I haven't seen Troy in a while either, and his his beautiful wife, Katie. I hope they're both there, and I look forward to hugging both of them. Jason bringing his wife up. They're they're coming from uh, Gainesville. Yep. We got Vaughn flying in from Ireland. We got a we got an Irishman coming in, and I hope he's never heard what I what I think about Ireland. You better have your head on a swivel, buddy. Tennessee coming in from Minnesota. This is a big deal. That's what I told you. This is the this is the we're in the center of college football, man. This is everything we've been waiting for since we have started doing this podcast. Since we since we started this Discord, the the tailgates have you know slowly grown, but like we're having a big blowout. We're gonna have a hundred people there at least. I will never forget the first time I met Tennessee at the very first tailgate when Tennessee lost to Georgia, forty-one to nothing. Somebody said something about somebody coming from Minnesota. And I turn around and look, and I'm like, what? And there is Tennessee and his beautiful blue eyes. Beautiful blue eyes. I remember he brought me a handle of Jim Beam, too, and made my day. Just grinning at me from ear to ear. And I was and blown away. And then he got away. pushed by John Curry. And then he got pushed by John Curry. <laughs> You're blown away by what? You're blown away by what? That he came from Minnesota. Somebody came oh. from Minnesota. Well, we got a guy coming from Ireland this time. Yeah. So... Brother Will Warren, if when Tennessee wins on Saturday, it would rank as the best, most cathartic win over Florida since. I mean, the last one, the last one. 2016 was, I think you have to say, extremely cathartic. 100%. That, that's the word I would use to describe the 2016 win. It was nothing but cathartic. I don't have the same buildup over Florida this time. I was a little nervous heading into that Florida game in 2016. I'm not nervous this time. To me, it's not even about beating Florida as much as it is getting to your bye week, the whole country watching, becoming a top 10 team, and putting a team in your division below you. Florida's extra points, don't get me wrong, but like, no, it was all about Florida in 2016. I got eyes ahead of Florida a little bit. I don't I don't respect them in the same the same way. Keep in mind in 2016, they were coming off of back-to-back Eastern Division Championships. Well, no, I guess they had one. They had one. One division championship, and they were our biggest competition in 2016. That's not the case this year. Florida just had to fire their coach. They're not winning the East. It's not the same to me. But cathartic is the word I would use to describe that 2016 victory. Because it felt like you were never going to beat them again. There you go. There you go, Brother Will Warren. Love brother Will. Do you see? Do you see this stuff from Brady Quinn, where he said Neyland Sam was the loudest place he'd ever been? And how the ball was shaking, the ball was moving. You watched that video that? yet? No. Yeah, you need to go watch it. It's posted in the Discord, and he's basically there. There, he's on a gambling show now. Apparently, and he was just talking about how he's taking Tennessee and laying the points, and how Anthony Richardson's in trouble because Neyland Stadium was the loudest place he's ever been. And he said, "I swear to God, our center turned around on third down and looked at me and said the ball is moving. That's it was so loud, no one outside my guards could hear me." And he was just talking about how. We're the best fans and how it's the loudest place and how Anthony Richardson's in bad, bad trouble. 
good. It, it, Tennessee, Ten- Neyland Stadium deserves more credit than it gets. Well, see, that's the thing is I think players respect it. Like Baker Mayfield talked about how loud Yeah, the players good. do. Yeah, play, I'm talking about. Teeth in, I'm talking about from the national media. I mean, like I, I've seen stuff about like Jordan Hare, and like I don't doubt that it gets really loud there or whatever. But it, it's just at some point numbers take over, right? Math matters, and there is a lot more people in Neyland than Jordan Hare and other places, the swamp or whatever. Like when Neyland is going, I mean, it, it's insane. It just deserves more credit. That's that's so. Shout out to brother Brady Quinn, handsome guy. Brother Logie, a.k.a. Logan, asks, John, how much money did you win off the Bills last night? We knew the Bills were going to kick the Titans' ass. A lot of money, Troy. A lot of money, Logie. Enough to pay for this tailgate. We knew the Bills were going to take care of the Titans. Titans, a little early season struggles. This isn't a Titans podcast. Let's focus on Gators, please. Mm-hmm. Nice win by your Bills, though. Nice win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps when the ref doesn't call an interception and the review, <coughs> they, they don't view it at the end yeah. of the first half. Whatever, yeah. it should have been a pick. and That was the deciding factor. Maybe go in tied with the lead. Yeah. Then we get the ball coming out of half. Who knows? It could have been it could have been seven it could have been twenty one to seventeen. It could have been twenty one to ten in Titans favor before the Bills get the ball back. But we got robbed of that, so no reason to really focus on that right now. It's a it's a Gators podcast. Brother Logie, aka Logan asks, Seth, what is the worst experience for you? Being in the mass crowds at Bristol and worried someone has a bomb? Or being in the mass crowd of patrons at Gatorgate and everyone asking for pictures? It's the crowds. It's the crowds, bro. Hank. Whoa, whoa come on. H- Hank and uh, Hank and Curtis asked me for a picture at the Pirates game. Um, I took a picture with them. I don't like it. It's. You looked good in it. You looked good in the picture. You looked happy. I was happy. I'm always happy to see Brother Hank and Brother Curtis. Um, the Bristol. I can't even explain how bad Bristol was in that with that with their band and how hot it was. Like that was truly putting me on the edge. As well as the West Virginia game going in to that stadium was horrific. There's just just nothing worse for me. Like I, it's especially because it's just so hot outside. Bristol was like a million degrees. It was a long day. The bus we took from Knoxville broke down before it ever left the city. It was, just a, lo- it was just a long day. Yeah, I'm glad that this is a 3.30 game. Agree, I am too. I'm, I'm immensely happy that it is a 3.30 game. It is, as Brother Brooks pointed out, it is the premier time slot in college football. Also, I don't like waiting around all day for the game. Like, I think that this is just the perfect time. I, I'm glad that it's a, it's a 3.30 kick. Brother Reese, a.k.a. Big keyboard and mouse guy. Ask Seth, are you feeling nervous? Is that no. what KBO means? Yeah. Yeah. I had no clue what that meant. I know that his picture is a keyboard and a mouse, so maybe I should have figured it out, but anyways, go ahead. What's the question? He says, Seth, are you feeling nervous? Uh, No, I will be nervous on Saturday, of course. I'm not going to sit here and say that I won't be, but as of right now, no. Meow. Um, um, but I don't think that it will be like other Florida games either. I mean, as I've gotten older, like I just get lessened. Like I don't really get that nervous before games anymore. That like, it's just, it's kind of just gone by the wayside. I mean, but I'm no, I'm not nervous right now. I'm just, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. Will My main leave, emotion. Will you leave right, early if we're up 24 points in the third? If we're quarter? winning, if we're winning. No, of course not. Well, we're not going to be losing. So I'm not even posing that question. 
If we're winning, if we're beating Florida by 24, you think I would leave? They're going to have to drag me out of Neyland Stadium after how many times I've watched Tennessee just inexplicably lose to them in Neyland Stadium. I mean, just think about all the shit that's happened. Remember Trey Burton? Just like running through. I remember Trey Burton. Uh, yeah, I remember Trey Burton. Jeff Driscoll going off. Like, no, I, of course I wouldn't leave if we're winning. We're not going to lose, so I'm not worried about that. We're not going to be trailing at halftime or anything. I'm not worried about that. I said, no, I mean, you seem like a beat traffic guy. Oh, if we're losing, I'm, not, I'm just saying in general, if Tennessee is losing a game that I'm at and it is, I feel that it is over, then it becomes about the traffic. It 100% becomes about the traffic. Uh, Brother Jackie, a.k.a. The Law Dog. For Seth, can you say something to make us Titans fans feel better about our season so far? Um, um, Titans are pretty bereft of talent, I feel. So maybe they'll get a high draft pick. This is a Gators podcast, please. That's my, that's a, there you go, Jackie. Brother Mason, former troop, question for both. How many pieces of memorabilia am I allowed to ask you both to sign on Saturday? Mason, I will sign anything you want me to because I love you and I, and I thank you for your service. So consider that my, uh, my personal Memorial Day. $15 and up patrons and troops. That's the only thing we're signing things for. My personal decoration day will be signing anything you ask of me. Brother Tech Ball with a sneaky good question. Who throws more touchdown passes Saturday? Brother Joseph Milton III, a.k.a. Baby Cam, a.k.a. The Pharmacist, or Anthony Richardson? Which I feel this is a good time to point out just how erotic and sexy that pass was. That first touchdown Joe's by Joseph. Gonna, Joe's going to fuck around and be a first-round pick after uh, he plays in this offense next year. That big old arm. He's going to be a grown man, so he should be good by the time he gets to start next year. He literally flicked his wrist and threw it 55 yards on a rope. And it was right on, it was right on a dime. Finally. That's all we wanted last year, Joe. But better late than never, and... I'll go. I don't think Joe's throwing any touchdowns. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. I don't, I don't think he's throwing any touchdowns on Saturday. I, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is, but I think the odds are higher that he throws one than uh, Joe Milton. So I guess just uh, for the sake of trying to answer, I'll say I'll say Anthony Richardson, but he might not throw any. Brother it was Micah, a rhetorical question. I, I get that it was rhetorical. Brother Micah asked. Taking my fiance up for her first game this weekend. What are the must-dos on Saturday for a first-timer? Um, come to the Reed's Ranch tailgate. That's about it. I don't, I'm, yeah, that's about it. Come to the Reed's Ranch tailgate. That's really all you gotta do. For me, like, there's, like, the only must-see thing for a football game at the University of Tennessee, the only must-see thing is watching the team run through the tee. That's what I was gonna say. That's it. That's it. Like, if you have a kid, then seeing the ball walk is cool. But, like, for me personally, if I had to, like, make, if I was taking somebody from, like, you know, had never been to a game before, they didn't know anything about college football, they had no idea about it, I'm making sure they see the team run through the tee. That's it. That seems fair. I mean... 
I, I know we've kind of been sitting on the vol walk inside the Discord, but the vol walks never moved me really. Maybe when I was like six or seven, but even when I was like eleven or twelve, I wanted to stay and just throw football with my friends rather than like stop playing football and go watch that. I don't imagine that your grown girlfriend or wife is going to care about that at all. Like Seth said, it's all about the band on the field opening up the tee. And I mean, I guess now we might do, I guess we won't do any lights when they're running through the tee since it'll be at three 30, but that that's what you need to see. That's it. Our Irishman, our favorite Irishman. He says he's American, by the way, he just lives in Ireland. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'm relieved actually. Uh, A weight has been lifted off my shoulder. Brother Vaughn, I didn't know if he was going to bring some potatoes to the to the to the to the tailgate. Um, he would like to, he would like to know he's not been in Knoxville in a long time. Been a long time since he's been out on the prowl. Oh, uh, where should he go? What should he do in Knoxville? Beats me. If somebody if somebody has the answer, let me know. Me and Vaughn will hit the town together. After the game, I'd imagine anywhere is going to be fun. I'd imagine you can go anywhere after the game and have fun. Friday Friday we'll be at Hops and Hollers uh, doing something, doing an event like at 6 o'clock from like 6 to 9. Then I'm going to come home, make sure I'm all packed up. I'm hitting the tailgate spot at 6.30, so I'm going to need to be rested. So I'm going to take it easy on Friday, Vaughn. I can't help you there. But Saturday, just after the win, man, you just anywhere will be fine. People will be ready to party. Restaurants, you have to ask other people for restaurants. Somebody will answer that in the Discord. I don't I don't eat good. I could be satisfied anywhere. Just give me a sandwich or a wrap or a burger. That's all I need. Some chicken tenders. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Yeah, I'll probably just be hugging any person I see in orange after the, after we win. Brother Vaughn. I just do that. Just go somewhere where there's Tennessee fans. But I look forward to seeing you. He flies in 9 p.m. Friday. So I look forward to seeing you, Brother Va- brother Vaughn. Anything else, Seth? No, that, that about wraps it up. I just want people to keep sight of how special this weekend is going to be. These are my closing thoughts. I just want people to keep that in mind. Because, you know, think about how much life changed between 2018 and 2020 by the time Florida came back to town. Maybe in your personal life, things changed. Maybe you got older, you got washed, we had a damn pandemic. Like, who knows what life will look like two years from now when Florida comes back to town? We don't know. We don't know. So let's give it everything we got this weekend. We deserve this. We earned this. And by the time Sunday comes around, we are going to officially have a top 10 team in the country. People were saying we were going to make a bowl game for five years whenever we hired or fired Jeremy Pruitt. Not only did we make a bowl game last year, we're now on pace to make like a New Year's Six Bowl. And again, be a top 10 team in the country. Celebrate. Come to Gatorgate. Patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch. Seth, I love you. I look forward to kissing you on the mouth. I look forward to seeing you Saturday, my brother. Goodbye, everyone. We'll uh, talk next week. 
If I die, I still go out the realest. He wanna talk, I just don't get it. This our only difference. The shots I see don't come on Insta, come in five, five, sixes. You been a bitch, but since that BP hit, you think you lit. I built this shit up brick by brick, my name ain't on no list. I'm still on fish, you might get hit on if you like his pick. Whole time she put you in a twist, you tryin' wife his bitch. I'm from the brick, so I be cool with whatever I get. Before I did it, niggas barely knew rules would exist. Niggas spoiled me and be selling boy off our flips. Riata block, we threw a blood, but the island was Crips. So we crop niggas out to pick who couldn't coexist. I never did it for no fame, but acknowledge I'm lit. Look at my chain and say get killed for a robbery attempt. He know he gotta say my name for a song to get clicked. Look like she hurts you every day. They say life is a bitch. What's the name? One against the grain. Why is Kai got flipped? Get your head split the concrete. See who you had problems with. Yeah. We the mob and we rich. Came too far to just quit. Came up all off my wrist. Quarter of raw to a split. Turn a split to a brick. Turn a brick into ten. Then we do it again. Double back, do it again. Ain't no limit ball until I fall. Destined to be the greatest. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. 29, you come and get it. I bring it 30 G's. The real snowfall. Just know you're gonna need some skis. And choppers all wood handle. Just minus the leaves. Can make them needles do some things you wouldn't believe. The way I had the block flooded. Thought I had a boat. I flipped them bricks. I'm talking spicy. I'm the curry goat. Them fumes coming from the kitchen. Louder than a hard. White bricks on white counters. Got me feeling garlic. Counted up my first million. Felt it in my soul. Scheming on my second million. Got that in my bowl. Bow head, no sense. And powers in my fork. Same stove, same kitchen. Granny cook that pork. I'm in my auntie Nissan. Yeah, I'm on a that way so heavy in the back it might just need suspension I'm in that kitchen whipping smoother than a Cadillac I'm dropping 62 trying to get a hundred back Throwing a baby nigga and I ain't talking Similac Scorpion prints on them bitches like an artifact I'm trying to hold my vision while I'm gripping on this vision Lord knows I just hope the bigger homie listening Heavenly Father give me grace while I'm making this play Wish I could make a hundred million just call it a day Money in the sense so long I forgot the code Apartment in my daddy name that's the high the low Don't compare me to trappers nigga compare me to greats Pablo died on the rooftop that ain't my fate Chapo got life, he ain't never getting out. I did it in some L1, fuck we talking about. My uncle did 20 years, got nothing to show. I got four million in cars with nowhere to go. Yeah, look, I'm on another level, talking another devil. Joe Pesci in casino, yeah, I need another shovel. For the niggas like G, for the niggas like me. The realest nigga in the room, I should charge you a fee, snow.